if you want to get hired in Web3, it comes down to your digital resume. One of the most important things is your social media presence. And how do you grow this? And why is it so important? Well, you're about to find out. All righty, everybody. This is The New Normal, a podcast where every Tuesday we break down complex crypto topics so that anybody can understand. I'm your host, Austin, a.k.a. Mac and Cheesy. And alongside me, we have Jesse, the co-founder of the Cryptoon Goons, a.k.a. the opener of Portals, a.k.a. Urban Outfitted. And this is our first time on here since, uh, I guess, last week. But, you know, really the first time we're on here since post-NFT NYC, where... Jesse, this is going to be called the uh, the COVID game for Jesse. Um, but on today's, we're doing this remote, folks. We're doing this remote. And on today's show, we're going to be breaking down how you grow on social media, why it's so important in the Web3 ecosystem, and how you can leverage your digital resume to potentially get hired in this space. The show is growing. Hit the like button. Hit the share button. Do whatever you got to do because we are going to keep building. Jesse. When we first started talking, right, we got into, we started building and then we were like, let's get into the social media space. When did you really start your journey? Yeah. Um, so I, I started thinking, Hey, I don't want to go get a traditional job. You know, I want to, I want to start moving away from just a traditional nine to five type of job. Right. And I, and I always heard that you have to have social media, you have to grow social media. And, you know, it, like it's been a journey to understand exactly why that is. And, and it's my whole like perspective has actually changed over that journey. But in the beginning, I, 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 one of the best things I heard was if you want to self, you know, create or do things on the internet and, and uh, by yourself or create a company, you should think of these Twitter timelines, Instagram timeline, TikTok, these are like Main Street, right? And the traditional old school Main Street, right? And on Main Street, you have stores. And you walk around, you go to stores, you can check out the storefronts that look interesting, kind of draw your eye in. And your Twitter profile, your Instagram, your your whatever social media profile is your storefront and, and uh, as a company or as a personal uh, brand. And so... When you start to think about that and the, translating that physical world stuff to the digital world, it starts to make a lot of sense. And it's the, I like the storefront because the cool thing about storefronts is like, or I guess maybe the bad thing about storefronts is you can only have so many people who can view them, who can see them, who can experience them. Whereas, in the digital storefront, the limit does not exist. Shout out, you know, shout out Mean Girls, but the limit does not exist for, <laughs> for social media. It doesn't have an upward bound. And this idea of infinite is pretty damn exciting. Yeah, not only infinite, but like matching you to the people who want what you can provide, right? Like you can now start to what's called niche, provide very niche content, niche products, niche, whatever. Um, and when we say niche, this just means like very specific, very focused things that 
if you tried to set up a shop in the main street of your current town you're living in and tried to create and do that stuff there, you might find a few people who show up, right? There's only so many people in the same locale, but on the internet, you have access to everyone. And, and so you can build connections to people, like-minded people uh, who would be interested in what you're interested in. And, and so that, that is also the true power of it, um, not just the scale. To put some numbers to it, right? If there's 10,000 people in a city and your product only has 0.1% of that, let me do some math here. I think that's 10 people. Is that 10 people? Mm-hmm. Point. So let's call it 10 people. You can't build a business from that. But if that 10,000 becomes 10 million, now we're in business, folks. And now if those that 0.1% really, really loves the product that you're building and you expand it to a larger population, this larger population will love what you're building because they like they truly love it. So these the general store, which is in previously, right, in small towns, you have a general store. It sells a little bit of everything. As you expand it out, that general store no longer has to be general. It has to almost be very, very specific. And that's something that I personally struggle with is like you want to talk about everything. I like talking about everything. So finding that niche is easier said than done. So now we're, we touched a little bit on like the general importance of this. And maybe we want to just kind of un, unravel that, right? Because when you're you're going from the traditional world and now you have a social media presence, like, okay, so what? Like, what does what that, that empower you to actually do? Yeah, so this is the part of the journey that I have changed my perspective on. You know, we I let off with this store um, concept, right? And I went in thinking, oh, I would, my main focus was, oh, I need to, I don't want to work a full traditional nine to five. I need to make money, right? And, and through social media, somehow I would make money, right? But what I kind of learned also very much over time, just through experiencing it is almost as important is just connecting with people, right? And finding opportunities and finding just smart, interesting people that you can learn with, you can uh, develop ideas with, um, that you can laugh with, that you can, you know, whatever. That is also equally or potentially more important to me, the importance of social media, um, because once you find people who who are just smart people and want to be entrepreneurial or whatever you'll find a way to kind of create and do things together and create just amazing stuff um and if that person and what isn't the person they'll help connect you to the next dot to to where you need to go or what you need to learn or anything and And it's just exciting. Like it's just energizing to meet new people and learn what they know and, 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 and get to just get to know people. It's a great point because you often get intimidated by the, I can't get to 10,000 followers. I can't get to a hundred thousand followers. It doesn't have much value, but it's not a, that, that has value. Of course that has a ton of value, but what also has value can be just going from a hundred to 105 followers, but two of those new followers you connect with. And you love the same thing. And now you're building a business together. 
or now you're you're working on something together. Now you're learning with them. And the adage of your net worth is your network. A lot of that comes from like the strength of your network. But if you have a follower base of 100, 200 followers and you're friends with all of them and you're able to find the next person who has the same exact interests, that alone has value. So I think shifting that mindset of I need to get thousands of thousands of followers to know I just need to meet a couple really cool people and to take it from the goons build dope shit with dope people like you just need to find a couple of dope people and it's worth your entire journey 100 percent. so i think there there's two like you have the storefront and the main street part and then you have the, the metaphor i like is the dinner party right the internet and twitter is one big dinner party and you're interacting you're co commenting on other people's ideas and you're you know you can kind of step away more easily than a, at a typical dinner party um and then if someone's great idea you like a lot, you could reach out in DMs and keep the conversation going. Um, and so it's just this um, a wonderful place where you just interact with other interesting people and who knows what could happen next when you send that DM or you send that reply. You just never know. The dinner party, the, the you know, drinking a couple margaritas at the dinner party. Next thing you know, you're having a good time. Now, one thing that I also think is awesome is when you're growing on social media, you're also honing in skills. So let's just talk. Let's just talk Twitter for now. Um, and we'll get into like Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, some like high level alpha on how to grow on it um, and like what the value each platform has. But uh, just talking Twitter specifically by creating content there, you're also improving your writing skills. So it doesn't matter if you get another 100 followers or so, you're learning how to write on the Internet which is a skill in its own sense that that create that'll prove to be invaluable over time. And you're also creating things that you can use as a reference. Jesse, I don't know how many times I've sent your, or I've looked at your, um, your clogged sync Twitter thread <laughs> on like Twitter. Like I just look it up and then I'm like, okay, here's what's going on with my clogged sync. Let me unclog it. And that's an asset. That was just created the same way a blog is created. You can create something on a, a Twitter thread on this. These are things that you can now lean into when you're having a conversation. So a lot of the times, like for our tech team, right? Um, after we did the goons portal, I wrote a Twitter thread about how we delivered it and like how like different steps we did. Now we have an asset as a team as like a marketing thing. It's, it's not necessarily about the actual engagement or the growth from that i can now just share it's like oh we write code and now they see it on twitter and they see it and now you immediately get this confirmation and whether it got zero likes or a thousand likes uh, i got closer to like 180 190 but, <laughs> but <laughs> this is like it's an asset that you can lean into um when you're having conversations no i i totally agree with that and you kind of you said two different things that I want to touch on. I'll start with that, what you said there. Threat, these pieces of content are are more shareable, more scalable, right? Like instead of having to have that conversation and explain something, oh, how I did this to 10 different, you know, 20 different friends, you know, you might have to text that whole conversation. You're now scaling you explaining these things to more people, right? And it starts with a tweet and then maybe it's a tweet thread because threads are, you know, more involved, a little longer, uh, more blog style. And what I, I, I got this concept from David Perel, who is like the writing guy on the internet. Um, 
he calls it the content pyramid. And so you think about when you're creating content, ideas really start in those conversations, those just hanging out, talking with a friend, you know, or DMing with a friend on, on a social media app or whatever. Those conversations that are happening throughout your week, throughout your day, even coworkers too, right? Those are where ideas are starting to form, you know, and, or, you know, just things you did throughout your day, right? Now you can start to scale that content up to like a tweet. Now you're reaching more people, maybe you're hundred followers and, and maybe you can send that tweet to a few friends now, you're scaling it up. Okay, well now that idea is getting bigger and more formed. Now I can go to a tweet thread and it's like a mini blog post. And then now maybe, hey, maybe now I, I start my own blog or a newsletter, maybe I start a newsletter. And now I can take some of the ideas I've been formulating over time into these higher fidelity, they take longer to write. They, I need actual people to read them. Um, so you want to kind of get, build momentum from lower in the pyramid, but that's the kind of neat part about that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to touch on is you talked about you gain the skill of writing on Twitter. I actually, the thing I've come to learn is I was bad at Twitter because I just wasn't a strong writer. And the, there's obviously a very specific type of writing on Twitter that you have to learn. Uh, inter I call it internet writing. Um, and, uh, but as you get just more comfortable writing and sharing ideas in forms that Twitter likes and appreciates, you know, they're very condensed, short, well formatted, um, these different things that like make it click more quickly with people as they're quickly scrolling through a, through a, for a, through a infinite mm -hmm. scroll, a death scroll on their feed, your ideas will become more shareable people will click with them more um and so uh not only is it uh becoming a better writer as a result it's actually to me where it all begins also you're yeah because if you can't if you can't write oh well it's condensing ideas end of the day that's whenever at least for me whenever i would go to like a um or whatever i'd get my essay back mm -hmm. from an English teacher, there'd be X's all through it. It'd be unnecessary, unnecessary, unnecessary. And it just, this paragraph could have been two sentences and being able to condense those ideas into two lines or three lines, it makes you a, a, a stronger thinker too. When you're thinking about, does this concept, does this idea need this line to tell the story? Does it need this information? And it's funny, actually, on Twitter, to, to me, actually, the question is often not, does it need this line? Does it need this word? Does it need these three words? Um, does it need this possible? space at the end of a period? Because, yeah, you're on, you're looking, hey, if I cut these three words, this makes it much more shorter and nice and re readable. Did I change the meaning of it? You know, is the meaning going to still come across the same? And often... You, you, if you think, no, it loses the meaning, often you're, you're sometimes tricking yourself into thinking, oh, like I need so many descriptive words in there. And it's like, no, you don't really. And so we're talking about kind of social media, right? Twitter specifically. And we'll get into like kind of the growth there. But just to kind of really paint a picture on even if you have 100, 200 followers, but let's say Jesse or let's say I just wrote a phenomenal Twitter thread that got two likes, two likes but it's about the importance of growing a discord for people trying to get into a crypto company. And now you go to, and we're just coming back from NFT NYC, and this is trying to help you think about, okay, 
I could do that, right? So now let's say Jesse's running a company and he's debating um, getting into the Web3 space or debating starting a Discord, debating running a Twitter. You can now go up to him, approach them, have a conversation, and then you bring it up. You bring it into the conversation. It's like, oh, hey, have you considered starting a Discord? And then either they have, they haven't. Oh, how is it going? Is it growing? Either they, it's going well. It's, it's like, oh, well, here are some ways you can actually help improve it. Here's a Twitter thread I wrote. What's your, what's your Twitter? I'll DM it to you. And now you get their Twitter. You can send their, you send them a DM with the thread. Maybe they open it. Maybe they don't. But they see that you've actually thought of this beforehand. You, that you've like, this isn't the first time. And you can write infinite threads. And you just bring up the one that you want to bring up. It, and these are these are assets that you can lean into as a as a salesperson because you're you need to sell yourself in Web three. 100 and 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 kind of carrying that alpha even further and this is getting kind of a little nitty-gritty but like when you have a quality thread like that yeah you can share it to to someone you're, you're interested in working with and stuff like that but maybe they're not going to reply to you you know like oh like i can't get them i'm trying to dm someone they're not responding to me get in their replies in the public get in the main street join main street right get into their store walk go right through their storefront right if they tweet something that Maybe they have a question in there. Like the, 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 what they're tweeting kind of connects to something you've written or an idea you have. Go reply to it and then share your thread there. This is it's a great beautiful. Way. It's it's like it's like they step out and you're just yelling at them like right. Like, yeah, you're having hey, a I'm here on the public square because you got to remember when you and this is something people don't always understand and think about is like when you're DMing someone. You know, it depends on what how big their account is and all that. But like often. Your DM might be getting piled in with a bunch of other ones um, on Twitter DMs uh, from people that you've never DM'd with before go into like a, a special other like queue of things. And mm-hmm. there can be lots of spam in there sometimes. People don't manage it very well. So it can get kind of lengthy. So it just might be they haven't seen it or they haven't, had, you know, they don't spend time going through that or, you know, whatever. When you're having that conversation in public, not only are you potentially getting their attention, but their followers are reading it too. And you're providing more value to the content that person creates. So even if they don't respond to it, you might actually be helping someone who follows them. And then they're like, wow, I kind of like what Jesse said there. Let me click his profile and I'm going to drop him a follow. There you go. And yeah, it's, and the person, the person that you're following, they're happy that you're engaging. Whereas sometimes DM me, it's like, oh, okay, get out, like it's spammy. Not me. Feel free to DM me. My my DMs aren't that spammy. But um, <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> but a lot of a lot of maybe the bigger people that you're trying to get their attention, maybe that's the case, like a Gary V, like uh, like these type of people. But yeah. if you're replying and engaging with their stuff, they want that. They want that. And now you have just a a better chance there. And um so now like i guess how do you how do you show your how do you present yourself in in times square any tips on that yeah so when you're replying like replying i think is one of the best ways to to kind of get some try you know start out right on twitter right because it's hard for people to find and know who you are generally so joining replies of accounts that are don't go too much bigger you know don't go for the gary v like there's so many people replying gary v's (laughs) tweets Mm -hmm. Unless you really do have something clever, but like I would spend time finding people who are in your, I mean, let's take a step back. You first, you really want to find that niche, right? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to focus on? Um, Are you building something? Are you, 
uh, actively like learning something, um, you know, find something where you're really focused and on it and you're spending a good amount of time on it so that you'll be able to speak to it from a, a level of expertise. And then find people who talk about that stuff, sim you know, kind of a similar way that you do. Um, so this takes some hunting, right? You're going to have to find other Twitter accounts who who talk about some of the similar things you do. Um, you know, that can be tricky, but you can go on Twitter search and like fire up some keywords and there's different ways to find things. And once you find one person, it's sort of like a node to many, many more. You can like look what lists they're on and there's lots of good little hacks, but so start replying to their stuff and like, but don't just spam it, right? Like, ah, you know, like you, you want to add value, right? Join the conversation, right? Treat it almost like you're DMing each other, but just presenting it in a way that's public facing, you know, so that anyone who reads it would gain some value and maybe they would want to retweet it or, or something like that. Jesse provided some good alpha there with a list, uh, ways to kind of curate content, Twitter lists. And then the, the real alpha is, like I said, if you find someone in your, like you're interested or in your niche, you can see what lists they are on, on Twitter. And then you can start poking through those lists. And it's just sort of this nexus of content highway to other people who might, um, can be kind of in, in your space or area. Who may, going back to it, uh, maybe somebody that you want to have at the dinner party or you want to like meet dope people. Um, you can set alerts on people so that you're first. So if you don't already have alerts set for Mac and Cheesy or Jesse Friedland, go set them on Twitter. So the second that we tweet, you can then be the first to engage with it. You can be, you can really be first. So an example of this uh, for the incubators, Twitter, shout out P boy. Um, we have the goons tweets on set for alerts. So whenever the goons tweet, a lot of the times we're one of the first people to engage with it for one, because we're part of the goon gang, but for two, they get a lot of engagement. So like if we can, if we can be one of the first or second on the, on the replies, now our Twitter's growing and this way we get notifications immediately. And this is a strategy that a lot of people use. I used it. Um, or I still use it for pomp. Um, trying to get on pomp's radar. If anyone knows pomp, feel free to intro, but, uh, who, Jesse, who do you have alerts set for? Um, let's see. I kind of rotated based on like who, who, who I'm looking to connect with. Um, but right now I have, uh, Danny Cole from the creature world. I, I, want, <laughs> I want to know what he's up to. He's super, super talented, interesting guy. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I mean, my, my Twitter teacher audit, gotta have him on, on speed dial. Um, yeah, just generally people I, I want to interact with. Um, and being first, yeah, there's, there is a first mover advantage when you're when you're first in the replies and you've written something quality there. It's going to generally bubble up to the top. I think it actually literally orders by time on the replies. I think that's why. I also I think it depends because then it goes by engagement at some point. I think to start it's like yeah. I don't because know. when you go to like a when you go to like a reply, you'll see like the top like you'll see the one with like thousands of likes um, like first. When I open it on, um, when I open it in incognito window, I'm pretty sure I usually see whichever is first, but maybe, I mean, it, you're right. I mean, sometimes it definitely optimizes 
for for higher engagement, especially on platforms like Instagram and, and TikTok. You definitely they definitely have the highest engagement ones go to the top. So we're talking about Twitter a bunch. That's a, gr a great way to kind of segue. Um, <laughs> that's a professional segue. Uh, we're talking about Twitter a bunch because I think a lot of people in the crypto space have Twitter or at least they're more active than the other spaces and they treat it more like a social media and a little bit more serious than their Instagram um, or a lot of people aren't creators on TikTok. Um, so Twi Twitter is great because it's a writing medium. So if you don't necessarily want to be in front of the camera, it's a lot easier and you can be anonymous. There's a, that's why crypto Twitter is so such a thing because the anonymity of the the platform and how it it's conducive for this type of content. So that has a ton of value. And like when you go to conferences, at least for me, uh, I go Twitter first. I don't go Instagram. I don't go TikTok. And I think a lot of people in crypto do that. Uh, Jesse, I don't know what, what your experience is with that. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. Twitter is, is, is the top one. I mean, you might get some LinkedIn hits out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, Twitter is definitely tops for crypto. And, you know, I think it's also just not only is it the things you mentioned, but it's just the most conducive to sharing and, and, and discussing ideas, you know, like there's only so much idea discussion you can have in a video, um, you know, right. I don't know. Back and forth. The, yeah, can be threads and like you know, just like there's you can develop ideas a little bit more in writing. I feel like I agree. It's it's like the yeah, it's like a longer form. Whereas TikTok, um, kind of moving into there. So the value of Twitter is like this in depth. You can kind of like really grow a following that's like that and nurture that following. You can you can have relationships with this now going into TikTok, which is also critical um, for kind of growing this is kind of like a shotgun you have this high virality i'll have videos where i, I get a thousand views i'll have videos where i get 900 a million views and it's really hit or miss um so but there is value here in having this exposure opportunity whereas twitter you touched on it if you don't have followers your content's probably not going to perform or go viral. It's just very, very challenging for that to be the case. Whereas in TikTok, anything can happen. Yeah, you really have to hustle for um, you hustle for engagement and audience on Twitter because the platform doesn't give you a lot of automatic boost. Um, whereas TikTok has this insane algorithm. Um, and the entire platform is built around people. You don't really follow. I mean, following person is like barely. It's like more of a I like this person button. <laughs> Not really. I want to consume their content because the TikTok algorithm only weights that so much. And 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 I think that's a key part here is when you're on these different platforms, you need to understand what that what the algorithm, uh, aka the, the centralized company, which is an interesting part of this. What does it value? What does it boost more? Um, and yeah, on TikTok, it boosts content that gets re that gets shared. I think, um, and it boosts it quite heavily. It boosts uh, shilly content. It boosts very clickbaity content. But like, what makes it take off? Like, what what did, what what does TikTok like? So it's looking for watch time. It's it's looking for watch time. If if people, if everyone's finishing the video, they're going to send it to everybody because they want people on the platform. The longer you're watching a video, the better. Shares, shares are humongous because now it's it's 
it's bringing people in. So that those are kind of the, the two very big things. The TikTok algorithm though specifically is is a that's people talk about that all the time. Like what what is the algorithm? Because that's the problem with TikTok, right? I have over a hundred thousand followers and right now I might be shadow banned. And you have no idea just because it's just how the how the TikTok algorithm works. Uh, but with this, it's a different game. All of these social media platforms, they're different platforms and there's different games. There's different rules to the game. So if you're playing that game and you're better at that game than the Twitter game, maybe it's worth playing that game. Find the game that you're best at. If you're best at basketball, you shouldn't go play soccer or, you know, maybe you work on your skills as a basketball player, right? So think of these platforms as different games. Um, and now TikTok has this explosion value where it has this high virality, but it's not very good at lead nurturing or um, or follower nurturing. Uh, and then you Instagram. So these are kind of the big ones. YouTube, which is a whole different ballgame that we won't necessarily touch on today. We're still trying to figure that one out. Um, <laughs> and But Instagram, right? It's a, it's a little bit more personal. It's... But it, it has this short, you can have short form content, which has a higher floor than that of TikTok uh, because your followers actually see the content. So it's, it's a lot better at lead nurturing. Um, I've seen you kind of you go get, add some stories to your, to your Instagram of late. I, I see you're, you're going down the IG rabbit hole a touch. Oh yeah, no, definitely trying to, trying to get better at it. I'm, I'm definitely newer to it. Um, I, I try to use the black text on white background uh, for my, uh, I, I heard from someone that's good, good, more, more readability. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I just send stuff out and, and see what works. Um, it's a different ball game. I, I'm, I'm much more versed in Twitter. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do know that Instagram reels are, you know, there's a discoverability built into them, right? Cause people can flip through them um, much like on TikTok, Right. And so, you want to create and then on Instagram also you have your posts, but posts are really like your, they're kind of your storefront, right? They're your, if for someone to browse through and kind of learn about you. And so they should be very, pretty well curated um, representation of like what you want to show off, not necessarily like the day-to-day -day updates of what you're doing. Um, that, that's more your stories or your reels um, and the reels are more where you're kind of, that's your lead generation, right? I, I would, you're, you're probably finding more eyeballs through reels because those can go viral. And then when someone finds a reel they like, they go look at the rest of them and now they're on your profile and hopefully your profile is good. And, and that's all funneling down to convert to a follow. And I think when you, when you get into all of this, it's really, it is just a giant funnel uh, for growing following, um, creating content that gets clicks. Okay. Now I'm on their profile. They're, profile looks interesting they look like they're credible and expert in this this content they have at the top of their profile looks interesting i like want to read more okay now i'll click follow and so and so coming coming full circle so we're talking about instagram tiktok twitter the importance of it in web3 um crypto and web3 is entirely this digital <laughs> world and digital universe and you live on the internet. You you communicate on the internet. You're living in discords. And this is the way that you chat with people. No, Go on our resumes. 
resumes don't or for or at least like in the real nitty gritty web three companies of course like the the more corporate web three companies you're going to need a resume but these more nitty gritty ones like what's your twitter is it and now if you're it's not about the followers sure that helps but does your twitter look professional do you have a pinned tweet do you have a twitter thread that you wrote and that's now your pinned tweet is your bio clean do you have a like all of these basic optimization skills that could take no more than 15, 20 minutes, but they have value and they go to that sales funnel of this, like, this conversion. And now if it looks good, you lean into this, you now share your Twitter instead of not sharing it. Cause I think a lot of people they're they're scared to share it because they're not prideful in it or they're not, they're like, Oh, I just retweet giveaways. I don't want to give them my Twitter, but instead of making it a liability, with a very small shift, you can make it an asset. And that shift may be the difference between you getting a job or, or like not getting a job or not, not getting that, that interview. Um, and it's definitely changed my life, uh, content creation. That's like, without a doubt, there's, if, if I didn't start creating content, we obviously wouldn't be here just because we wouldn't be creating content together just by default, but like, but like, so how has your life directly been impacted by creating content? I just met so many different people. Like, I think a great example is at NFT NYC last week, I think I met five to 10 people that I had met through Twitter. And then I also met five to 10 more people at NFT NYC that I'm now talking to on Twitter. <laughs> and it's like, I'm offboarding from Twitter to meet people in real life. And then I'm onboarding <laughs> from real life to, to meet me back on Twitter. And I think it's just, it's just where I like hang out and talk to people and meet people and, and have coffee with them and, 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 and in a DM, if you will. And, and yeah, through these connections, you just, you see where the, the, the it all takes you. You, you kind of don't know sometimes, but you just start ch chopping it up and, and get to know people, right? I mean, don't, you know, you're going in trying to extract value and, and, and chase after people with big followings and do it all for like kind of those maybe not so positive some reasons. Um, you know, it might not work out for you. You might not be happy doing it or whatever. I, and I think what keeps me happy and excited to do create content and, and keep going is just like, the joy, the excitement of who I might meet next and the, the, the conversation we might have next and getting to know that person. Um, that's what keeps me from getting jaded about kind of the, the game of social media because it can kind of feel very jaded. I hate social media. For all that, <laughs> like, 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 I know we just, I hate it at the same time as I yeah. love it. It's because it can be annoying. And I also think <laughs> that's a lot of people's hesitation. They're like, I don't want to be this person who's, in your face or like i don't want to but you can the beauty of social media is it's your profile you get to decide what you're saying you get to decide like what you're chatting about and i think one thing that's also undervalued in all of this is meeting people uh, gaining followers getting exposure increasing your, your storefront great but i also think there's something that's like a release about getting past the fear of hitting post and hitting publish that for me i think is the hardest thing for or was the hardest thing for me 
And I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of people listening and a lot of people who are debating getting into the space is their fear of hitting post. Um, but once you hit post a couple of times and to start, you're going to be like, wait, nobody cares. Nobody cares that I, I'm the only I'm the only one that cares right now. And then suddenly that slowly becomes less and less. And you realize, wait a second, that wasn't that hard. And that strength alone outside of social media will then give you make you more likely to approach that person at a at a job fair, approach that person when you want to talk to or like reach out to somebody. So I think that's honestly my favorite takeaway from all this social media stuff is the courage and like the confidence that comes with it. I totally agree. And I'll take it even a step further. I think for me, the biggest challenge to getting started was this, like I'd post things and, and, you know, you get me one line, you know, you just get no dopamine hit, right? There's no feedback. There's no, maybe one person liked it, maybe zero. Um, you don't really have any followers yet. Um, you kind of feel lost. And I think that the hardest part is just believing, like, just keep going. Right. And, and I think when I finally started to ha get momentum was when I just committed to doing it every day. Like, and it, the funny part was like, oh, I'm not bad at tweeting. I'm just new to it. Right. I'm new to writing and I, I need to commit to doing this more than I'm committing now. I'm doing it like three times a week. Like, of course, you're not getting better at it. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to do this seven, ten, to ten times, you know, way more, way more. Need to up the volume. Um, and so once I started doing it, I said, you know, I'm going to tweet every single day. I don't care how many people like it or whoever. Like, I'm going to do it every single day. Try to get a reply in there on some other account um, and just start practicing, you know. Um, that That's really where it started to click for me. Um, and I would just look through the stuff in my week or my day and look for ideas and things that I thought were interesting to talk about. And then I'd sometimes like share that tweet to like a friend, you know, like, like if no one's following you, just share it to a friend, see if they like, see if they, what they think of it, you know, and, and make that your, <laughs> your publish button. It's so true. It's so true. Setting <laughs> a schedule, sticking to that schedule and separating yourself from the results like similar to jesse right for for yeah. me i initially grew on sorry go ahead well setting the schedule but remembering that it's not like the schedule isn't the end like the schedule is so that you commit to learning like to me that's what needed to happen early on was i needed to spend time committing to learning and the schedule was like the path to getting into doing that committing to eat doing it each day would ensure that i'd get better at this each day if you do anything every single day, by default, you have to get better. It's just, or, you know, you're just blindly doing it. But yeah, that's how, I think that's really how anybody grows their social. Uh, for me, on TikTok, yeah, it was, it was posting every single day. I posted for over 365 days in a row on TikTok, just showing up, dancing, whatever the hell you're doing. Um, before that, I've posted every day on Friday for 125 weeks in a row and that's just uh, just showing up and that's it it just i don't care and that's those are both very long time frames just because it's just been consistent but it started with one and it started with two and in fact there's 
sometimes you got to pivot too. I stopped posting on TikTok every day and I'm probably going to stop posting on every Friday every day just because the value I've taken in from it has already been kind of taken and now it's time to pivot. But um, that it starts with that, right? It starts with it and it starts just doing it and getting past that fear. And once you do, uh, one thing that, and we can, we're getting on the, like the 40, 45 minute mark. But one thing that resonated with me, it was a tweet and it was like the biggest life hack that I ever found out was growing my social media. It's the biggest life hack that everyone says is a life hack, but 99% of people don't try, truly try and do. And it's changed my life. Jesse, I think it's changed your life. And it wasn't that hard. Of course, it wasn't easy, but it's not it like hard. It, took, it, it definitely, I would call it hard, but not like each moment wasn't hard. It was just like to have the patience to keep going, right? I think there's so, there's so many good graphs of like, it's like this big flat line and then it goes up and then it put an arrow pointing to like where it's flat and it says, this is where you quit. <laughs> right and it's like it takes a while for that first you know few hundred or whatever right and you shouldn't be measuring oh i only got one more at you know measuring percentage like if you have two followers and you now have three you just grew by 50 percent you're fucking and so you really you need to change your perspective and just know that that first three to six months yeah it's not going to be this big dopamine hit probably uh you sometimes it works out and sometimes you you get momentum quicker but sometimes you don't and and um you know you'll probably have some some good moments in there but you just gotta keep going you know and don't don't give up and even if you miss a day i know austin's the king of uh don't miss it not missing a day i missed a lot of days I said I was doing it every day i would miss a day here and there doesn't don't let yourself get down on yourself about it you know like like don't just get back the next day you know um or try not to miss the day try to do a you know just get something out right just try something it doesn't need to be perfect and amazing just try something um and keep safe you know stockpile ideas right so like for those days when you're you're hungover or you got nothing not COVID, yeah whatever hopefully three days ago when you had a shitload of energy you wrote down three ideas <laughs> take mm -hmm. that third idea you didn't use yet and use it on the day where you're not as like energized right keep a notepad keep uh save them in your drafts you know find find ways to kind of just stockpile thoughts that you're having um because sometimes the process of needing to publish and the process of thinking of ideas kind of need to be decoupled um, so that you're you're getting those great ideas down when you're kind of in that I don't know flow state right um, mm -hmm. you know, you're just drinking and having fun with people and you're talking ideas like start scribbling them down like uh, get them down Always. And then they're great tweets or ideas to share later on Always the yeah and by no means are we not like we're in the midst of our content journey, right? We're, we're living this as well. We're here with you and we're figuring out like what is worth doubling down on what's worth, you know, maybe changing up what's worth like adjusting. Right. And after you're consistent for a while, right, this is episode 53. Um, we've done an episode every single week after you, you 
do like after you're consistent, right? It's time to, it's like you evaluate, right? And then you improve, you, you iterate, you, you change whatever it is. So it's like, we're on this content journey as well. And it's a journey. And like, so that means things can change and it's fun. And I, for everyone listening, just write a tweet, just say, hello world at the incubator. We'll get you a retweet. Hello world. I'm ready to start creating content. And then at the incubator on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever, um, just go and do that. I, that's actually so if you go back before I made my first TikTok on this YouTube channel, you can see a video I made because I watched a video on how to grow YouTube. And the guy who made the video was like, just hit post, like hit post the first time. Here's what you need to do. Film a video of you talking and just send post the video and then link it in the video description below. I did that. And then the next day I made, I think I made my first TikTok and I was just like, I'm not waiting. I'm just going to do it. So for everyone go on Twitter, go on whatever and at the incubator and you're going to get a retweet. You're going to get a retweet, do whatever. And then there's your first yeah. dopamine hit. Send it, send it to me in a DM. I'll reply like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you going. Hell yeah. So this is the new normal. This is episode 53. This was a fun one. We talked all about growing your social media and why it's so important in Web3 and the crypto space. And this is something we are very passionate about. We are content creators. We're constantly iterating. We're trying to figure out what's working, what isn't, and just explore and build. And that's kind of what the incubator is all about, right? Keeping it moving, iterating, learning, growing skill sets, and kind of improving yourself and the community. So if you got this far, I think you're going to love to be part of the incubator so you can click the description below which has our discord link entirely free join that give this video a thumbs up share this with whoever's kind of been debating creating social media maybe they're on twitter maybe they they need a little uh a little boost but thank you for listening we will be here next tuesday as always everybody let's keep it moving peace out I'm walking around in the circle of life Doing the things I know 